Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another stupendous, amazing, incredible, scrum diddly umptious episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Oh man, dude, that was a good intro. I like that. That that was like a Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. That was good. Nerdorinos? <laughs> That's kind of uh, Ned Flanders as well. Well, my buddy Steve, listener of the show, w- sent me an article saying, oh, wow, look, this band from Phoenix, heavy metal band, is making it big. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I've known about them for a while. I think I actually shared a story with him about them a while ago. But uh, um, do you know which band I'm talking about, Mike? Is it uh, Dead, D-E-D? Dead is uh, one of them, but no, this one is taking the world by storm, and it they'll pop up every now and then because they have kind of uh, a gimmick, I guess is a good way to put it. But uh, their band is known as the Oakley Dokleys. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. And it's nice. a hardcore metal band, and they all dress up like Ned Flanders. Oh, that's that's interesting. Okay. Oakley Doakley's. Oh, All right. ah, this is why he said they made the big time because Rolling Stone did a story on him. Oh, okay. I don't think I've listened to him, but now I am going to check him out, man. Oh, dude, they are freaking hilarious. They are they are something else. Anyways, yeah, I, I've been wanting to see them in a concert, but there was a shakeup when they were uh, coming around and touring in Arizona, and they... When they got back from touring uh, the U.S., they did like a small tour across the U.S. You know, bands have to do that to grow. And they did a little tour in Arizona and like halfway through the Arizona tour kind of thing, like half the members left and they had to get new members. And anyways. Oh, wow. Oh, OK. So now they're back on it. But yeah, it's uh, it's hilarious. They call their form of uh, metal uh, uh, nettle. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love all the theming. I love it. So for those of you who are interested in a metal band that is Simpson-themed, based out of Phoenix, Arizona, check out Oakley Doakley's. Yeah, yeah, check them out. I'm going to check them out. So speaking of checking stuff out, there's my good buddy, Mysterious Mike, who I did not intro, and I just did. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. And uh, uh, Matt, uh, are you going to introduce yourself? Or Yeah, I am uh, not talented, Matt, as I put in my post for uh, Tuesday. I said, uh, Mike Talent and not talented, Matt. I thought that worked out pretty good. Okay. <laughs> All right. If that's what you're feeling, man. All right. Well, I dude, you try and write those things. I'd really oh. work pretty hard to try and write those guys. And it's just... How do I write like the same thing differently, like twice a week? <laughs> yeah, over and over. I don't know, man. Um, so, uh, Matt, uh, with that, uh, I wanted to ask, wh- what are you drinking? <sighs> well, Michael, I am drinking a beer that was handed to me by my younger sister. That made its way up to my house. Uh, she had 
some friends come over and they're drinking beers and she really doesn't drink beers. And she says, here, here's a six pack of uh, some beers that they left that I'm not going to drink. And I was like, you know, you just gave me my favorite kind of beer. And she's like, oh yeah, what's that? I said, free. <laughs> yeah. Free beer always tastes a little bit better. Just like free food. Exactly. Exactly. There's just a little something, something about it. But, uh, it is, uh, from magic hat brewing company. It is an ale known as number nine. It is not quite pale ale. Oh yeah, man! Uh, Magic Hat number nine is uh, pretty popular. Uh, I've had I've had quite a few of those. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid beer. Oh yeah, I've had a few in the past, but uh, this is uh, just one that I had in the uh, fridge that needed to be drank. So yeah, man, like you said, free, best ever. So Mike. What are you drinking today? I mean, Mike, what IPA are you drinking today? Oh, no. Uh, so, surprise, surprise, I'm drinking a pale ale, which is on its way to being an India pale ale, but it's not quite there. And uh, I'm drinking a beer called Arcus, uh, A-R-C-U-S, and it's uh, by a brewery called Big Storm Brewery, and it's a southern pale ale brewed with honey. Southern pale ale brewed with honey. So is it like a sweet beer? Um no, no, it's it's not too sweet, no, but it's 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 brewed with honey and you know uh it's it's okay. I got this beer on sale. It was at the beer store and it was like cheap cheap. So Well that's always nice. That's next pretty close to free beer is cheap beer. But so what what makes a southern style ale? Um I'm not actually sure. Uh it just says southern pale ale. So uh, let me see here if, if there's anything on the It's brewed with two row Canadian barley and mosaic hops. Interesting. Huh. Well, anyways, how about this? Yeah. If our listeners know what a Southern style ale is, uh, go ahead and email us. Because uh, as we pointed out on our last pod, we're kind of sick of the spam. So send us a real email. It'll be nice. Yeah, I'm tired of those uh, CIA agents claiming they, they've seen me watching porn. Everybody knows that I don't watch porn on the computer. Yeah, you're old school. You got the VHS tapes? Yeah, man. I go to the store. The store, you know, with the little... It's, got all that crazy tent store with a tent yeah like the 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 adult shops oh okay you know how it has like the the windows where you can't see through them they're like blackout yeah no i was wondering if you're talking about uh like a strip club or like um one of the peep shows oh no 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 yeah those are too highbrow for you yes yes too expensive Definitely, definitely. I spend all my money on IPAs. <laughs> hey, at least you got your priorities straight, I guess. Yeah, I might need to go to like Mysterious Mike Talent Beer Man. I don't know. That's really lengthy. Yeah, no, it is. It's kind of. Eh. And why are you slacking on your Facebook? You haven't posted on your Facebook in like forever. <sighs> I don't know. I'll 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 do that. I'll do that. I mean, I'm you sorry. actually have followers. 
<laughs> yeah, I better, I better, I, I better start posting because I have a couple followers. They're yearning to see what beer you're drinking, mysterious Mike. See, there you go, right there. Just take a picture, put it on your Facebook. Be like, this is what I'm drinking today, or podcast. Oh, day. okay, see? yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah, perfect. All right, good, good, good call, good call, uh, Matt. All right, so speaking of uh, prohibition era or after prohibition era. Mike, today we're talking about the Netflix original starring two of uh, my favorite actors. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it. I'll let you go ahead and throw it in there. But it's uh, The Highwaymen. Uh, go ahead and give us the rundown. Yeah. So um, we watched uh, the Netflix original, like Matt said, uh, The Highwaymen. And it's directed by John Lee Hancock. Uh, writers John Fusco. And it's starring... Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, Kathy Bates, John Carroll Lynch. And this movie is about a pair of Texas Rangers come out of retirement to catch the infamous outlaws Bonnie and Clyde. And uh, I, 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 I like this movie. Uh, this was pretty cool. When I, when I first heard about it, uh, I think Netflix actually was promoting it. You know how they do. They kind of promote all their uh, their stuff that they're coming out with, and uh, yeah, this this movie was good. I liked it. So, how much did you like it, Mike? I probably liked it better than you. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. You. I'm trying. I'm, I'm t- you seem to be baiting me. So, um, I'm thinking. Uh, I would I would recommend people watch this. Uh, it's pretty good. It, it's a little bit violent. I mean, there there's some stuff in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say compared to everything we see these days. But uh, you know, it's it's got some violence in it. But a lot of it's just more the pursuit. And that's one of the things I really liked about this movie is it wasn't about the bad guys. It was all about the the. Texas Rangers and them, and you didn't even really see up close Bonnie and Clyde until uh, a little, quite a bit later in the movie. Well, you know, Mike, I am a huge history buff, as you and I have both discussed on previous podcasts, which yeah, actually a handful of my coworkers that uh, on the occasion listen to my podcast or their spouses listen to my podcast and they relay things I talk on here. Oh, oh, nice, nice. You get some good feedback, yeah. Like, like in your emails? No, oh, no, never. No, I all, I. It's all uh, verbal. It's all verbal. You know, okay. I get cussed out, especially when I talk about work. But it's fine. Oh, oh, all right. It's fine. <laughs> nice. It's no big deal. But uh, um, they were shocked that I'm such a big history buff, and I am, and I enjoy history very much, and I like films like this that are historically based. That are biopics in a way. I'm sure some of this is fluffed up for the big screen, but for the most part, it, to my knowledge, this is uh, quite accurate. And I love that. I love that. I love it when two things are combined and tell a really good story. It's uh, acted extremely well. The cinematography was amazing. The story. I mean, you can't go wrong with the story. It was a story of hunting down Bonnie and Clyde, not from Bonnie and Clyde's perspective for once. Typically, 
anytime there's a movie done about Bonnie and Clyde, it's always about Bonnie and Clyde. It's never about the guys that pursue them and all the hardships they had to go through and all the difficulty they had and the choices they had to make, the weapons they had to carry, the sleepless nights, the things they did that were questionable. You never see that. And so I loved it. I absolutely love this movie. I thought it was incredible. I think if you have Netflix and you haven't seen it, you're making a huge mistake. All right, man. Good. I couldn't read you on that one, man. I felt like you're trying to bait me into something. And I'm glad that you liked it because I really liked it. And I I thought it was fairly historical accurate, but um, I wasn't 100% sure. Like, it's always a little bit confusing on some of the stuff. And this happened quite a while ago now. Uh, Nineteen thirty-five, I think this was set. Uh, Thirty-four, I believe, is the year they caught and killed them. Okay, yeah, nineteen thirty-four. So, well, they didn't really catch them, but yeah, they. Yeah, they, that was a, yeah. yeah, that was that was a while back. So, yeah, I believe it was thirty-four. Anyways, needless to say, it was uh, during the ass end of the depression. And everybody saw Bonnie and Clyde as almost, uh, I don't want to say superheroes because they weren't superheroes, but uh, celebrities. They were larger than life, yeah. you know? Yeah, they, they, they were, um, I, I, I don't know. I guess they were kind of like Robin Hood type figures, you know, robbing banks and giving money to people who were just you know, des- destitute because the depression and, you know, food lines and all kinds of things. And uh, so they didn't quite seem quite as bad guys, you know? I would say a uh, very Robin Hood-esque is what I would yeah. say because they still were mass murderers. They still were bank robbers, but they were robbing from the banks that had literally driven the country into economic disaster and so the general public thought that was a great thing and the general public didn't really care that they were killing police officers they were happy they weren't killing normal people yeah they didn't view police officers as in the same boat as them and i'm not exactly sure why because i feel like everyone was hurting right it might not just been as as visual as some people but I, I don't know. Well, and they portray that in the film. If you take a look at Woody Harrelson's character, he's living in a home that's pretty run down. His wife is the only one that I can get work or has work. And he's sitting at home trying to take care of his son by himself. Granted, it's not a very long shot. It's a very early shot in the film. But you can tell even this guy who gave up a lot of his livelihood and his life and his sanity to be a Texas Ranger is still sitting here struggling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I guess there's also this other, uh, kind of sub story in this, um, was the Texas Rangers were disbanded, uh, due to the governor in Texas, not wanting to pay for them and being, uh, corrupt, I guess. So, um, it, it was interesting that this one guy was like, hey, we should bring these guys back because they're really good at what they do and pay them and they'll take care of this problem. And then 
This was also on the cusp, just on the cusp before we had an FBI. So, like, states took care of state stuff, you know, their own states, like like we do now. But, like, if there's things that go across state lines, it was kind of, like, lost. Well, they had the FBI back then, but the FBI was in its infancy. I mean, infancy. They were still figuring out exactly what the fbi is and what they do and how to do the things they do basically forensics they were figuring out how this new form of crime fighting known as forensics can be used and so some of the evidence was gathered some of the things worked some of the things didn't but that's all during this time period oh yeah yeah um it's it's it was interesting because there's a couple times when they they leave Texas. These uh, newly reinstated special I don't even know what they had. They had a name for them: special investigators. No, they called them Some, highwaymen. They were uh, oh highwaymen. Yeah, they yeah. were basically highwaymen. the equivalent in Arizona of like a DPS officer. They had openings in the highwaymen department. And being quote unquote highwaymen meant they fell under the state instead of under local jurisdiction. So anywhere in Texas, they could do their job without question. They could a- get access to the scene. They could uh, collect evidence. They could use their weapons if needed. That's why they made not. I don't know if that's why they made them highwaymen or if that's just where it was open or what. But that's what I would think. Yeah, but I mean, there's times when they went to different states and were operating. Like they went to, uh, what was it, Oklahoma? Yep. And then uh, they also went over into Louisiana and Kansas and, as well. Yeah, and can like so they were kind of all over the place. But they were pursuing Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, but it was it was quite the hard battle of just driving around and. Everywhere they turn, because they were so re- received, or, you know, so well received by the people, it was just, it made their job very difficult. Well, but also the one scene when they're in either Oklahoma or Kansas or one of the states that's above Texas, I don't remember exactly which one, the FBI and the local police officers shut them down. They're like, no, you cannot go past this line. You cannot go onto the scene. You need to turn your vehicle around and you need to leave. And Kevin Costner character makes the decision to ignore that and drive around them and go after bonnie and clyde yeah and then and then there's another scene which was an interesting scene i i mean i don't want to spoil too much but they they they, they kind of spot them but yes. the fanfare yeah. actually causes kind of mayhem and they can't do what they wanted to do so yeah and that is definitely one yeah that is definitely one we will discuss in spoilers right after i ask this question so mike how does the highwayman relate to the marvel cinematic universe Oh, well, uh, Matt, thanks for asking. Uh, This one was a little bit difficult as well. Um, I had to look quite a bit to figure out um, what, you know, what, uh, you know, who was in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I did find somebody, a 
Courtney Leather uh, was uh, also worked on Avengers Infinity War in the prosthetic makeup artist. And they were a makeup artist in Highwaymen. So did she also paint contact lenses? <laughs> I, I figured you were going to bring that up. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I didn't uh, look into that, but uh, you know, I I wanted you, you know you check all the main stars and you're like, oh, has has Kevin Costner or Woody Harrelson done anything? No, but Woody Harrelson was in this movie recently. Um, something about a low so solo. Oh, oh, I don't know. And what? but other than that, uh, something about a solo. Jeez, <laughs> you're such a hater. Oh, man. You'd try anything just... and everything to not bring up Star Wars. Man. Yeah, well, I was just trying to bait you, man. I was just trying to bait you. Man, terrible, Mike, terrible. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I wasn't it... a super huge fan of his character in uh, in Solo. I mean, I liked him. I thought he was cool. I like how uh, his character ended i guess is a good way but uh he wasn't my favorite in that movie i did enjoy him though the one i really 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 liked was the um chick on the uh swoop bike i'm now uh emphasis ness i thought she was just really badass i thought she was cool even though she was in the movie for like two seconds she was like solo solos like boba fett okay um in in case uh any of the listeners who don't know uh matt is a super uh, Star Wars nerd, and um, he shows it all the time. If you haven't listened to other things, so I'm just I'm just letting everyone know. The only thing I don't have is a Star Wars tattoo, and that's because I don't have any tattoos. Because I made the decision. I both of us made that decision in high school not to get any when they became super popular. They are pretty popular. Uh, I also uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie. There's two other fears that I have of a tattoo. Um, one of them is the permanency of it. Like, am I going to like whatever I get, wherever I get, for however long it's going to be there? It, which is f- essentially forever. I know they fade and stuff like that. But, like, if I get a big picture of Matt's face on my on my uh, calf or something, am I going to get tired of looking at that? Of course not, because it's a picture of me. You love having pictures of me around your house, Mike. I mean, yeah, and then, but then at that point, I also will have to shave my leg all the time, so I see you in crystal clear clarity. Well, you know what? Here, I got it. Don't put it on your leg. Put it on your back, so that you know everyone but you would get to see my shining face when you go to the beach. Oh yeah, no that 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 that'll work. Be like, I think that'll be like Steve O, man. I think Mags would probably love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that'd be good. And then the other thing I didn't like about tattoos, in all seriousness, is the cost. I feel like they cost a lot. Yeah, dude, they're ridiculous. Uh, Especially if you want some color and some stuff. Uh, Um, I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it just, I don't know. I, I so so for me it was like how what would I get that I wanted to see there forever, and then the cost of it. Those were the the biggest things. I mean, besides them now, I mean now they are super. I mean everyone's got one. Like I almost feel like 
uh, I don't know. Like, not having one is is different. Yeah, definitely. Well, I agree. And I mean, I tell people this story all the time. And I think you were part of this decision, at least back in the day, senior year of high school. But I don't know if you remember, Mike. Maybe not. But because uh, I get asked all the time, they're like, you're a big metalhead. Why aren't you tatted up like all the other metalheads? And I'm like, well, here, you want to hear my story? It's simple. Senior year of high school. First day of school. Came back, going through the halls, just, you know, bullshitting like we always did. And started noticing all the preppy kids had tattoos. And not like cool, meaningful tattoos. Like dumb shit. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I will never get a tattoo because it is now something that people have no recollection, no significance, don't understand why they're important. They're now putting them on their bodies. This is now going to become a fashion trend thing. And being a metalhead, we are always the opposite of what's trendy. And I was like, that's it. I'm never getting a tattoo. And I haven't to this day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I remember that to an extent. I didn't quite remember that everyone was showing up uh, senior year, but that makes not, a lot of not sense. Not everyone, but I took note that, granted, you and I, that was one thing that sucked in high school. You and I didn't have many classes together because of how our name last names were so separated. But I was in classes with a lot of the preppy kids. A lot of the preppy kids had H of the, their last name and above in the alphabet. And so I had, you know, three or four or five preppy kids in my classes. And I mean, they just had the, some of the dumbest freaking tattoos, you know? And I was like, Ugh. it might not have yeah, been all know, of them, but it was enough to annoy me. Yeah. You know what? I don't think we ever had any classes in high. Did we have? Oh any yeah. Dude, classes? photo. Besides photo. Besides photo. I don't think so. Um, maybe English. Do we have an English class together once? Mm, I don't think so, man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, ah, man, they really broke us apart. Stupid last names. All because of our last names. Anyways. All right, well, let's get into the spoilers of Highwaymen. So, uh, right off the bat, we'll talk about the one that you alluded to right before we got on the triad of tattoos in high school. Um the scene where Woody Harrelson's character is walking into an alley in clearly a downtown area, whipping out his piece and going to the bathroom next to some pigeons. And I was like, well, I guess it probably would have been accepted back then. You know, there probably didn't have public restrooms like they do today or even most restrooms in um, stores because uh, the 30s would have been that interesting transition between uh toilets running water and uh still having outhouses it still would have been that area a little bit not big time but a little bit because you know having running water would would be expensive especially during the depression yeah i think it depend also where you were at you know like if if you were in like a wealthier area they might have some stuff but yeah yeah exactly so anyways he's going back there doing his business and a car drives by, and he notices uh, it looks like Bonnie and Clyde. And all of a sudden, he's trying to finish up doing his business, grab his gun. By the time he looks up, the car is completely surrounded by 
nothing better to say but fans. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a hundred percent fans, and and it was kind of coincidental. They had started to put together that um, Bonnie had a uh, addiction to um, what is it called? L- L- laudanum. L- yeah, laudanum. laudanum. It's a um, liquid. It's like an opiate. Yeah, right? it's like a liquid heroin opiate derivative thing. It's uh, typically, I think, what they used to do is they would cut it with uh, water or maybe a beer or liquor or some kind and start into something like that. Yeah, um, I remember uh, from one of my favorite movies, Tombstone, uh, uh, his uh, Wyatt Earp's wife was addicted to that. And and so, uh, for whatever reason, that stuck with me, that it's like an opiate thing. Yeah, and I think she actually uh, died from laudanum, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, real-life Mrs. Earp. Yeah, I, I, I... I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not 100% sure on that, but so I didn't want to say anything like that. But uh, anyway, yeah, so they kind of knew that, that she needed some stuff, but they weren't even really stopping. They were just stopping at a place where they thought they might be, and, uh, you know, it, it looked like they were stopping to get more... Um, lo- lo- laudanum? laudanum? Yeah. It was, laudanum. They were just going to town to get supplies, basically, and laudanum was probably one of it. And they didn't even yeah. go down the main street. They were in an alley, and they parked behind the store, and they went in the back entrance of the store, and they still got freaking mobbed. Yeah, they were definitely kind of like heroes, even though they they were violent criminals. It, it was, it's. I guess it was just a weird time. Well, but I mean, there's been a level of that for just about every kind of generation in one way, shape or another, you know, I don't think quite at the level of Bonnie and Clyde though. I mean, they were rock stars. They really were. Now, now, uh, Matt, this, this, uh, question might be a little awkward for you, but, um, being a person who has been in a lot of, uh, uh, journalism type things, do you think, the newspapers had something to do with their celebrity possibly yeah definitely um you know the turn of the century um journalism is not the kind of journalism we do today i mean it 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 is but it isn't back then the 1800s early 1900s probably all the way up until the god maybe even the 60s Newspapers didn't say, oh, we're unbiased or journalism, period, never said they were unbiased. They were hardcore biased. Like, for instance, the Arizona Republic was not the Arizona Republic. It was the Arizona Republican. They had it out there. And so I'm sure there was one side that was promoting Bonnie and Clyde saying how great they were, how awesome they were, how they were helping out. And another side that was saying... God, look at these horrible people. And you can tell that by reading newspaper clippings and things from the past. Nowadays, I think it was mostly uh, when television journalism came on the scene because they actually initially, when television journalism started, they said, we just want the facts. We just want exactly what's happening. No bias. And that was kind of the start of what we consider journalism today. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, I I knew I was kind of going to get a long answer out of you, but uh, I I don't know. I 
it, it seems like the media had some role in creating their kind of, I don't know, legend or their story. But at the same time, they were doing all these things. So, like, uh, I don't know. Well, what really, it was tricky, too. What really gets it going, and they showed it a little bit in The Kid, a movie reviewed. God, I don't even know what episode that was. 90-something? Uh, I think that was, like... Oh, was that 90? Was that, that wasn't, was that 99? No, I don't think it was 99. I think 99 was Santos and I might've been 98. Cause 99 okay. was Santos. Uh, I mean, 99 was Santos. A hundred was the blue milk guys with fanboys. But, uh, I think it might've been 98 or 97. Anyways, doesn't matter. In the kid, they actually show and they talk about it. Um, what takes these criminals to a celebrity status, or at least back then, Yes, was a little bit of the newspaper and the journalism, but it's the um, fiction, it's the novels, it's the comic books, it's the it's the serializing of these stories and making them larger than life. So they did that with Billy the Kid. They came out with books, short stories, things like that, taking what Billy the Kid did and making it a hundred times bigger and better and cooler than what he really did. And I think they did the exact same thing with Bonnie and Clyde. And when you do that, that's when, you know, the public gravitates towards it. It would be like an equivalent of a uh, big time movie or TV show today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Matt, for your reference, it was 97. 97. Episode 97 was the kid. 97 was the kid. And it was, a, it was an okay movie. I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best in the world, but anyways. All right. So the uh, second part that I want to talk about, uh, not to keep talking, was the uh, ending. And you alluded to it earlier, where you literally do not see Bonnie and Clyde's face until they are killed. And I really love that part of the filmmaking in this. I thought it was such a just interesting, different move. Yeah, I thought that was really neat too. You you uh, you see them off in the distance a couple times when they're showing them doing some things, but you never actually really see them. You do see that uh, Bonnie kind of has a limp, uh, which they kind of hint that that happened because of something. Uh, I mean, they explain it a little bit in the in the movie, and um, I think that's why she's addicted to the the laudanum or whatever laudanum. is yeah. she's in uh-huh. laud- laudanum. She's in pain all the time. Yeah, it was something um, to do with a, a fire or something. She burned. I I don't remember. Broke her leg. Yeah, I think it, it was like something. I think it was like a, they had a car wreck and there's battery acid was spilled on her leg or something and it it I don't know yeah, something scr- anyway. something really screwed up where she was limping and just generally not doing well. Yeah, and um, so uh, that I thought that was cool, but yeah, no, they didn't show the the main characters until the very, or not the main characters, but the main bad guys until the very end, and so you, it was entirely the uh, Rangers' perspective. Yeah, it was and, it was fantastic. And, yeah. Yeah, it was some great actors too, uh, Matt. I did see that originally they were trying to have. Uh, uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford do this, but um, uh, Paul Newman passed away. Yeah, yeah, that would have so that would have been freaking incredible, though. But th- I still, uh, you know, 
I still think they did a pretty good choice. I mean, Woody Harrelson. No, no, these guys are great. Yeah, Woody Harrelson isn't the best actor in the world, but he's not terrible. He's he's very very good in my book. Kevin Costner, though, I mean, he is leaps and bounds above even Woody Harrelson. He's he's one of the best actors of our time. Yeah, and it seems like Kevin Costner is making a bit of a comeback. It seemed like for a while he was kind of out of the, the the movies, but he started to be in a few movies here and there, and that, uh, that's a good thing. Well, he's done a few movies that have kind of sailed under the radar that are a little darker than what people want to think of when they think of Kevin Costner. So they weren't real big hits. Yeah, like he was in, uh, I mean, he was in Hidden Figures, so that was awesome. Yes, that was very um, good. He was in Criminal, which I like that movie, but that's definitely darker, yeah, like you said. exactly. That was one I was alluding to was Criminal, and it flew kind of under the radar a little bit. And he played a psychopath, um, you know. Three Days to Kill was a little bit darker as well. Uh, that was in uh, 2014. Um, and then one one yeah. that I really, really, really like, and it's really kind of messed up and dark, but it's a very unique movie, is uh, Mr. Brooks. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mr. Brooks. Yeah. I love that movie, even though it's really graphic and really dark and really messed up. It's a fascinating take on a serial killer movie. Just fascinating. Loved it. Nice, man. Nice. So, anyways, all right, Mike. Well, um, what other spoilers do you want to talk about? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of gave my spoiler early, and I, I'm sorry about that. But um, this movie is a little bit hard not to spoil without talking about what's going on because it's very, I don't know, factual and stuff. But, um. I don't know. Uh, I really liked how Kevin Costner's character and Woody Harrelson's character are so... I mean, they're the good guys, but they've done a lot of things that are like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best thing. Or, you know, like, it's they're kind of conflicted people. And they've done things, you know, in the name of Texas and stuff, but they're not always, like, happy about it or proud about it. And it was just interesting to kind of see that, you know, like, there's been things that have happened. Uh, They talked about, there's a scene in this, was pretty good, with Woody Harrelson's talking to Kevin Costner about how many times he's been shot. And he's like, uh, I think he said 16. No, it's how many bullets he has in him. Oh, yeah. How many bullets? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. How many bullets does he have in him? I think he said like something like yeah, 16. It was 16. He still has 16 bullets in his body. That's that's insane. Which is ins- it's insane, dude. That was insane. I don't know how he's still um, walking. Uh, and then the time when he was talking about when he was he was training to become a priest uh, or he wanted to be a, a pastor, I think he said. Pastor. Uh, he wanted to go to the seminary, so seminary. Yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. a pastor, a minister, a priest, one of those. He do- I don't think he goes into uh, uh, exactly which one, but he wanted to be a religious leader of some kind. Yeah, and then um, some stuff happens, and he ends up getting shot, like, what, twice, three times? No, he got shot with a, a scattergun, a shotgun. Yeah, but I think he said he got shot 
twice, like once in his leg, once in his head, once well, like a, it was multiple. Yeah, but a scatter gun is a shotgun. So he got shot once, but you know, in a in a shotgun, the bullets uh, spray. They're tiny little pellets or buckshot that spreads the farther away you are. And he shot him with a shotgun. It didn't kill him, but it hit him in the head. It hit him in the back, and it hit him in the legs. Oh, uh, okay. So you're just saying he got shot once. He got shot okay. once, uh, but I, it affected basically his entire backside, like from his head down to almost his feet. Yeah. So then he like recovers from this. Like he had to be nursed back to health because obviously that was devastating. And he tells his parents that he's going to go off to seminary. Instead, he goes and shoots this guy because he was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed that he <laughs> so- shot him and tried to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, that kind of. And well, the interesting part of that story, though, is how it ends about how he went to turn himself in. Right. Yeah. And they basically said, well, he was a asshole and a drunkard and he was wanted or something. And so after he shot and killed the guy, he ended up getting money for it and becoming a peace officer or a Texas Ranger, basically, after that. Because he got yeah, the warrant he, money. Yeah. Yeah, I think he said he, he, a peace officer. But yeah, yeah, he basically started his career in law enforcement. As basically a cowboy. Yeah. A, a Texas Ranger law enforcement. You know, back in the. In, when Kevin Costner's character, this would have been the cowboy days. Cowboying, you know, late 1800s, Old West. So. Yeah. The story I like the most, though, that I found the most impactful, the whole scene was just incredible was are you talking about the poker? yeah the evening before they're gonna go and set up this sting to get bonnie and clyde and woody harrelson sitting at the poker table with the other fbi agents and the little uh police officer that's from austin or whatever that knows bonnie and clyde or whatever i don't remember where he was from or whatever but he was a just a local cop super young guy rookie kind of thing and he's sitting there telling them the story about when uh, um, him and uh, Kevin Costner's character, clearly this would have been during the the Mexican-American War or possibly during uh, the war for the Alamo, which I think was the same kind of time frame, but where they basically lit up like, what, 50 men in one night in like a half hour or something. And Kevin Costner's yeah. just sitting on the porch basically – I, I'm not sure if he can hear or not, but it's to me. I, I think he was listening to Woody Harrelson tell this story. Oh no, no, the window is open. Okay, he I couldn't tell hear. if the window was open or not. But basically, it's like, yeah, we might be old and grizzled men, but you don't want to mess with us because we are very good at what we do. Yeah, uh, it was kind of a disturbing story. It was extremely <laughs> disturbing. It was on. It was on that level of. Uh, uh, war you know i mean i seriously think that might have been the mexican-american war or whatever but i mean they lit up basically an entire like platoon when they were sleeping i mean that's just wow oh yeah yeah no it was it was it was dark it was very dark and uh yeah no that that definitely was a important scene to set up the next yeah, scene. the it really it really helps uh with what was gonna go down and 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 
all that stuff. So, and what I like yeah, too this, is that they didn't even show any flashbacks to it or anything. It literally is just Woody Harrelson telling the story, and it's still so graphic and so big and so over the top and just violent that you don't even need to show like a flashback. I mean, it's that brutal. Yeah. No, it was it was good. It was uh it was well executed. Uh yeah, this this movie was great. Like um Netflix just keeps coming out with all these movies like I you know, sometimes I don't even know what's coming out and like, you know, Netflix will advertise something and you're like, "Oh, maybe I'll check that out." And you know, you watch this and you're like, "Wow, that was awesome." I personally hate looking at my list because there's so much on there that I need to watch and I want to watch. There's just so much. I mean, seriously, from documentaries to originals like this to TV shows. I mean, there's just so much content. And that's just Netflix. That's not including the HBO shows I watch or the star shows like American Gods started up again. I love American Gods. God, that show is amazing. But um, it's just there's so much right now. I mean, there's it's just so much it's almost overwhelming where you just want to be like i'm not going to watch any of it i'm just going to lie down because there's so much and it's not yeah. some's really good yeah. some's mediocre but i think we get more really good stuff than we do bad stuff now yeah no no i i mean i uh i think i told you this before man i i, I think netflix has changed the game and I don't think the cable companies are going to be around too much longer, which is kind of scary. Um, I don't know. It's just different. It's just a lot of different. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the way that they make money and everything is just going to be taken over by the the YouTubes, the Netflixes, the, the HBOs, and it, it's just going to be totally different. Well, the one that I'm not super happy about, I mean, I'm I'm down with, you know, being a core cutter. I love it. I, I, I haven't had an issue yet. But the one that's starting to happen this year, 2019 especially, is every independent brand starting their own streaming service. So I'll just use this one as an example because I'm going to have to get it without a question, even though 90% of the shit I'm not going to watch is Disney+. Plus. Oh, why are you going to get it? Because the Mandalorian is going to be freaking awesome. Oh, all right. So all I'm right. going to have to get Disney Plus so I can see my Star Wars stuff, so I can see my Marvel stuff, so I can see all the shows and movies that they're pulling off of Netflix that will be going on to Disney Plus. Like, uh, I was talking to someone today about it, about the Clone Wars are gone. They took them completely off Netflix. And that's because the Clone Wars contract with Netflix and Disney expired so when disney plus starts up that's where all the clone wars will be oh yeah man there i mean as as all the contract stuff yeah i mean essentially after this year everything that we have that is a disney product on netflix will not be right it's gonna be gone unless it was original like uh daredevil or luke cage or the defenders or iron fist stuff jessica jones stuff like that everything else Star Wars movies, Disney movies, Marvel movies, they're all gone. Uh, TV shows, they're all gone. They're all going to Disney+. And so that just annoys the hell out of me because, granted, r right now, they're not a whole lot of money. Comparatively speaking to 
a cable or satellite subscription. Netflix is what? 12 bucks a month. Hulu, you can get it as cheap as $6 a month. You know, they're fairly inexpensive, but when it gets to the point where I have to have 15 different streaming, um, I don't want to say channels, but streaming services, then you're going to be in the $100 range. So why not just have cable again? It's just ugh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it is kind of getting to the point where they're trying to get us back. Basically, all, all it comes down to is they need that money that we used to spend on the cable on something else. So they're just trying to figure out how to get it a different way. But the money still needs to come in. Right. And the answer is have your own streaming service and charge a lot for it. Well, not a lot, but get you hooked with a cheap price and then slowly ramp up the price like Netflix has been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like drug dealing. Pretty much. Yeah. We'll give you a taste. You want more, it's going to cost you more. Yeah. No, you're you're right, man. They're They're totally... I mean... Netflix has been a slow, slow burn, but I feel like they're due to the amount of content they're they're putting out and uh, the uh, world domination. They're going to be raising their prices. Uh, I I would say every year now instead of uh, like it seemed like they hadn't raised their price in a long time, and then all of a sudden they've started to raise their price and they've raised it. A couple times in the last two or three years. I imagine it's going to be once every year. It's going to go up some. I don't know if it's always going to go up a dollar, but it'll always go up Yeah, some. but before you know it, it's going to be 20 or 25 bucks or 30 bucks a month to have Netflix. Before you know it, for sure. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not today, yeah. but in yeah. the future. Well, I mean, they have to, yeah, they have to pay for all the yeah. stuff. I mean, they're spending money on making all these content. Like, I mean, eight, eight. Was it eight billion last year? Twelve billion this year? I mean, that's that's money that's hard for me to fathom. Wow. Uh, well, I thought you were the billionaire. You are Mike Talent. Yeah, yeah, billionaire in training, yo. All right. So speaking of talent, Mister Mike Talent, how many reels do you give the Highwayman? Uh, so I really enjoyed this movie uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to give this one four reels out of five. Wow. Four reels. Man, you are getting, getting lackadaisical in your old age. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this movie and uh, it was it was entertaining and it was it's kind of educational. It's kind of like a documentary, but not I mean, not. I know everything's not a hundred percent, but it was it was done with good faith for you know the, how things were in those times and the time periods. And I love seeing all the old cars and stuff. I mean, it's crazy that those that's what people used to drive around. I mean, the couple people that had cars at the time. Yeah, it was uh, what I would refer to as a good solid docudrama. It's uh, dramatized to a level, but it's still. A lot of it based on a true story. Yeah. All right, Mike. I don't know if I should tell you my rating. So, so yeah, Matt. What what is your rating? Is it is it is it four reels? No, it is not four reels, Michael. Oh, 
Oh, uh, three and a half. No, meals? I thought this movie was a damn near perfect film. I really wish <gasps> I could have four and a half reels. Yes, Matt? it is. I wish, honestly, I honestly wish this is one that I could have seen in the theaters. Oh, that 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 kind of raises an interesting question. Um, there's there's a new uh, Netflix movie that's coming out uh, about. Um, Serial killer. Oh, shoot. What's his name? Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, Ted Bundy. The one starring... Yeah, t- um, Ted Bundy. Oh, the uh, the model dude. Actor. I'm forgetting his freaking name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zach Efron. There you go. There you go. The, uh, the um, pretty one. Yeah, so we'll we'll get it together, Matt. We'll, we'll do this together. Uh, so Zach Efron's in it, and it's being simultaneously released in the theater and on netflix are you going to see it in the theater first or would you watch it on netflix what do you wh- how would you do it Matt? what what do you think it depends which showing i can get and which theater it is at because i definitely would want to see that just like almost every single movie i see in the theater hopefully without a crying baby in it or someone texting the whole time, or someone talking the whole time, because that just annoys the living hell out of me. Uh, okay, so 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 you want to try and see it at Harkins? Yes, I would prefer to see it at the movie theater Harkins Chain in Prescott Valley, Arizona, or in Phoenix. I could deal with that. But I would like it to be a good moving going experience. You know me. I'm just like you, Mike. I would rather see it on a giant screen in the dark, concentrate 100% on it, surround sound that I can only dream of. That's where I would prefer to go see it. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I would definitely love to see it in the movie for or in the theater first, uh, overseeing it streaming. Although I will say that being able to stream a movie anytime you want is super convenient, but you're missing out on some of the the immersion. I think of the movie. So you're missing out on some of the magic I, too. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm conflicted because I, I really do. I, I love Netflix. I love the convenience. I love all that stuff. I have a decent system and stuff, but I'll never have what the theaters have. Um, they're upgrading stuff. They're doing things. Uh, I don't know. So it's it's tough, but I mean, I definitely go see um, this new Ted Bundy. I forget what it's called. Ted Bundy... Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Documentary kind of uh movie with starring Zac Efron. It's a lot like Highwayman. The it's first. another uh yeah. docudrama kind of thing. It's dramatized, but it's based on real real life. Sure, it's probably not a hundred percent accurate, but it's probably higher than fifty percent accurate for sure. Yeah, and with well, with particularly with Ted Bundy, since I just watched that Ted Bundy tapes. Oh yeah, that, that was shit Netflix, was crazy, which is awesome. Which is awesome, by the way. Uh, they have this was like the first trial where they had video cameras, so they have all this evidence. Like they have him, like they have all the the whole trial and stuff. So you know, Zac Efron could watch him and try and pick up his manager mannerisms and stuff. And there's the tapes, the actual Ted Bundy tapes. There's a so he's he's got a lot of 
stuff to go off of. But anyway, um, I was just asking you about that, Matt. So I'll let you you get back to it, or or should we wrap it up? We definitely need to wrap long, it up. So. But I was trying so to I was trying to look up, up the name of that that movie without typing it in. Oh, uh, you want me to look? For yeah, that? go for it because I think it would uh, be a disservice not to uh, let people know about it. And you know what? I don't think it's a Netflix original. I think it was released, or not released, but it was shown at one of the um, like Sundance, one of the film festivals, and Netflix bought it. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Yes. Yep. Yep. I knew it was something really long and with evil in it, but I didn't remember the rest of it. But yeah, no, I believe that was made and then Netflix bought it. Okay. Uh, and the release date is uh, May 3rd. Wow, that's right around the corner. So anyways, but yes, um, the only one that... God, I don't want to get too depressing, but the only thing that annoys me being a 37-year-old lamo is that uh when i go watch them these movies i typically go by myself almost all the time and it's okay i don't have that big of an issue with it but sometimes especially the big event movies like avengers endgame and deadpool and stuff like that i i would much rather go with like a group of friends that are as excited to see it as myself but i typically it's just me like sitting there because most of the friends, not all of them, but the majority of friends that I do have in the area are much older and really don't give two shits about superheroes or comic books or Star Wars, any of that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that that, that sucks. Uh, I often actually see the movies uh, by myself, but a lot of times I do it um, because... I like to see the movie without a lot of people. So, uh, cause people annoy me. Like you're talking about all the things with crying baby babies and all that stuff. And yeah, that's absolutely true in my neck of the woods. So I like to go see movies in the morning and stuff when hardly anyone's in there. And I just want to experience the theater and just enjoy the movie. And often, I get my wish, but on certain big time movies like the Avengers or basically any Marvel movie now, or, uh, some highly anticipated sequel, it's still full. So, I mean, and, and sometimes I want to see it full with, with people who want to be there, but oftentimes I don't know why some people go to the movies at all. Yeah, no, exactly. I understand what you're saying. And that was one of those things that was fun about uh, the my local comic shop. Uh, they would buy out a theater for some of the big event movies, and it would just be a theater full of nerds that are just dying to see that movie. And they laugh at the appropriate moments, they cry at the appropriate moments, they applaud when they should, and they shut the hell up through 90% of it. But, you know, the world isn't perfect, so it is what it is. All right, Mike. Well, um, we could sit here and rant on and on and on and on about our movie-going experiences like we have in the past. But I think our listeners were not anticipating listening to an almost an hour-long podcast. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. It's okay, Mike. It's okay. We've had some good discussions. Hopefully, everybody else finds them interesting. I do. I find them very interesting. That's why I have them, especially with my good buddy that lives on 
the other side of the world in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Mysterious Mike Talent. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I enjoy our conversations as well, Matt. So, all right, Mike. Well, um, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do for next week. I know we're definitely doing Shazam for one of them since we missed it this past week because Pet Cemetery, which was fine. Um, there's a few other ones that are we're toying with. Um, I think, yeah. yeah. Do you remember which ones we're talking about? Uh, it was like the best of enemies and something well, there's, else. One that I think I couldn't pronounce very well. So Hotel I, Mumbai, which is about yeah. uh, uh, the uh, terrorist situation of the hotel in India. It's, it's like 2006, 2007. Um, the reviews and people that I know that have seen it, Frankie Lala specifically, they enjoyed it. This says a good movie, but it's basically a bunch of terrorists killing innocent people for an hour and a half. So I don't know how great that would be, but it is important because it is a true story kind of thing, but it also feels like they're just capitalizing on a horrible, horrible event. I don't know. So that's one. Yeah, I I I don't know. I was thinking the be- uh the best of yeah, enemies. Sam Rockwell, um, man, looked- he's incredible. So yeah, that looked pretty interesting. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that. Uh, I don't know if there's any other, um, you know, tributaries or or uh, legacy casts that we want to get done. But oh, there's um, there's tons and and there's and, tons. Yeah, and Shazam has has been doing really well. So I think it, you know we we should review that for sure. So I would say Shazam next week, and we'll figure out what the one after yeah there's a couple other ones that are out there um in the theaters or that are coming out in the theaters that look interesting but you know we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out all right uh i guess with that everybody uh thanks for listening to this uh kind of long podcast and uh we'll catch you next time Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. All right. Did you get it at the right time this time? I think so. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Because it makes my life easier. I don't care about your life. I care about my life. It needs to be easier. Until I yeah. show you how to edit these podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, you're 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 such a millennial. How am I a fucking millennial? I'm older than you, bitch. Because you only care about yourself. But that's like everybody. Everybody's a narcissist today. That's just called America. Oh. Alright, never mind. Back to being a narcissist. We all live in America. America is wunderbar. <laughs> nice, nice uh, Rammstein uh, uh, cameo cover. I don't know. Dude, have you watched the new video yet? Yeah, dude. Deutschland? Deutschland! Fucking yeah, man, I wore, crazy. I wore uh, that, that uh, Rammstein shirt the other day, and I got like three comments. They're like, yeah, Rammstein. I was like, from people you wouldn't have thought... Dude, that's a crazy ass video. It is so well done. Yeah, one of the guys was like, "Did you see the new video?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I saw it." He's like, "Yeah, I love them." 